I'm sick of following my dreams, man. I'm just going to ask where they're going and hook up with them later. This is FC3's Monkey Business, your one-stop shop for everything geeky, and everything can be geeky if you love it enough. Starring Tanya Metra, starring Billy DeTore, starring Dan Carmen, and also starring their inimitable guest, the guy who they have to deal with on a regular basis, that would be me. My name is Chris, and I am your host, and welcome to another podcast. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. I had to look to the late, great Mitch Hedberg for that one. Oh, I love Mitch Hedberg. He's, he's, he was freaking hilarious. Only, he passed away, right? Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, uh, drug overdose oh, a bunch of years ago. And before that happened, he wound up having like his foot amputated uh, from gangrene or something. Oh, and he, he had some issues, but he was a very funny guy. I still remember the first time I saw him on Letterman. Yeah. I'd, I'd never heard of him. And by the end of his like seven minute set, I was his biggest fan. <laughs> I hadn't laughed that hard in a long time. He's a, 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 do you know who he is, Dan? Um, I don't know. He's almost check like him a, out. He, Stephen Wright. He's he's, he's, he's a modern, Wright. Yeah, he he's like a stoner Stephen Wright. He just throws these observations and and mm-hmm. just. Uh, but then you know he had instead of Stephen being so deadpan, Mitch was definitely like your stereotypical surfer dude. I will check him out. You should. One of, one of my favorite jokes from him has to do with uh, do NASCAR uh, does NASCAR have backseat drivers? Hey, how come you're always turning left? Why do you like Tide so much? <laughs> <laughs> Tanya, how are you over there, hon? Not too bad. Yeah, you just with us? I, you still there? Yeah, I'm just I'm just listening because I don't know who that person was. So uh, I see. A comedian. Yeah. A so. stand-up comedian. Yeah. So, no, I'm good. i am got to go back to Walmart today. It's the shorts that I bought for Riker for golf did mm-hmm. not fit him. Both, I got them oh, no. both size uh, 34s and 36s. The, the 34s he couldn't button, and the 36s we could button, but one good breath or bend over, it would possibly pop <laughs> so, so yeah. gotta go back he's a super it. chunk these are the things yeah. you gotta deal with in in it's all because of um mostly because of covid and that we haven't been able to get out as much as um previous and he mm-hmm. hasn't had a like typical normal gym class in uh school year they've just been doing workouts right and there's only so many quote unquote workouts you can do before you're like, okay, I need to do something more active for gym class and they're doing the best that they can. But I think that's also a contributing factor. So, um, yeah, so I got to go back to Walmart today and get that, but all the rest of the shorts that I bought fit. So yay. Men's a large. Well, that's something (laughs) that works in your favor. Yeah. So I'm doing that. And, uh, Trying to figure out what else we're gonna do with dinner for the steak. So, gotcha. Yeah. Well, I hope I can show up. That would be nice. We're 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 seeing Miss Juno went to the vet. Spent a little while there yesterday. 
it's weird because they're still under all their COVID protocols. Billy, I don't know what vet you go to. Which which vet? Uh, cats exclusively out in Pittsburgh. Okay. I go to Stone Ridge. Yeah, Stone Ridge here as well. We've been going to Stone Ridge since we had Winston way back in the 80s. Um, which is funny, Dan, they actually still had Winston in their files. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's because wow. I remember when I first when I first got Juno and I wanted to bring her over for her her introduction and catch up on on her shots and whatnot. They said, "Okay, eighty nine Alameda." I said, "That's my mom." She goes, "Oh, okay, so you you had Winston?" I said, "Oh my God, yeah, it's, it's been a while, but yes." <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, and but uh, no, they're just capital people over there. Really amazing crew over there, and uh, mm-hmm. they always have really good vets. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we were there, and because of all the COVID protocols, they take her in. But I still out in the car. Hanging yeah, out, you know, us I'm, too. Yeah, still hanging out in the parking lot, which was nerve-wracking. You should have seen the, the look of betrayal on her face when she came out. And she just looked at me like, you left me alone with these people, really? <laughs> <laughs> You're oh, like, sorry, it, baby, I couldn't do anything about it. I know, she doesn't care, though. If you ever have animals that you can't get in the car or don't travel well, there's a, a service called Doorbell Vet. They do house calls. Oh, cool. And before COVID, they came right in your house and all that. Now they have like a mobile unit that they bring out and park on the street or in your driveway and bring the animal in there mm-hmm. to to do stuff with. And Doorbell Vet was fantastic. Um, but Pie needed to go to the real vet yesterday. So so we went out to cats exclusively. But if you ever have to want to stay home with your pet, Doorbell Vet is a good way to go. That's not bad. Good to know. Good to know. Well, she seems to be responding pretty well. Right now, she's napping on the floor. You know, just chilling out, keeping keeping my left foot warm. <laughs> and uh, we'll see how she, she responds. They gave me um, a probiotic powder to sprinkle on her food one time a, a day, you know, and, and the, all the the medicines. And, and, then, and then, of course, the worst thing is, is this child is such a picky eater, which is so weird for a dog to be a picky eater, right? I'm not used mm-hmm. to that. Um, so when I tried to give her the flea and tick medicine, which is a once, once a month chewable, she wants nothing to do with it. I'm like, but it's a treat. She goes, I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, my, my cats are the same way. I, I, I have to give socks some um, thyroid, thyroid pills twice a day. And if mm-hmm. I, I get one, I get some of those treats, you know, the, the pill pocket treats there, you know, put it in mm-hmm. there, wouldn't touch it, go, go anywhere near it. Um, you know, I gave two identical treats. One of them, I stuck the pill in there. The other one didn't pick, eat the, ate the one without the pill. You know, I was like, how do you know the pill is even in there? And boy. It's yeah. amazing and frustrating, mm-hmm. I must yeah, say. It is very frustrating. I have, to, stick but, it, I have um, to shove it down her throat now. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I've been getting used to at least the, the, the pill for her actual medicine to, to help with what's going on with her um, is small. Mm-hmm. So when I'm making her, her you know, her meal, um, She's getting little chunks of chicken, so I'll just kind of like do a quick incision, shove one into the chunk of chicken, put it at the top, and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I had some luck. I've had some luck there at least. <laughs> but I think she's getting wise at this point because it was funny this morning. She she took a couple bites and then she looked at me with that that betrayal look, like what's going on here? You're being too you're being too excited mm-hmm. about me eating. What's going on here? And then she went right back and wolfed everything down. I'm like, all right, see. Meanwhile, the animals are eating better than us just so we can trick them into taking their medicine. I made that joke with Juliana the other day because when things were were starting up with her, uh, they were like, hey, put her on a bland diet. You have to, you know, give her some rice, give her boil some chicken, boil some rice, no flavorings, nothing. I'm like, all right. So I came home from work for lunch. Excuse me. 
and I'm spending a half an hour making freaking fresh rice and, and, you know, boiling chicken and whatnot. And Jules comes home from what her, for her morning runs and, uh, and I'm serving Juno her lunch there. And then I make myself a peanut butter jelly sandwich. Right. So, <laughs> because I, just, I yep. needed to get back to work and I'm like, my God, this, this I just spent a half an hour making lunch for my dog. So I could have a PB and J man. That's just yep. like, like, what the hell? It's funny. Poor baby. I know. She's lucky. She's cute. That's all I got to say. Well, you, you know, well, I was going to say it's rainy, but I'm like, you, you probably could have uh, taken her out to Anne's house for the day. No, not yet. She's, <laughs> I, I can't No, And it's not even a giggle thing at the moment. That's, that's just with what she's going through at the moment. Yeah. And, and she still is, she needs to be caught up on all of her other shots and whatnot. Cause they were only able to give her like the rabies update and things like that. So I still have to take her to the vet in a couple of weeks so she can get her ready for everything. Because I'm like, yeah, we'll go out to Aunt Anne's and run around the farm. They're like, uh, not yet, no. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, She's like, right. but I want to chase chickens. Yeah, I know. Seriously. Teach chickens how to fly. It's a service she provides. Mm-hmm. So. Actually, I'd like to thank Tanya right now for the use of her computer, which she's been giving me for the past bunch of weeks of podcast, but I was able to use it this past Monday for a virtual job interview and I got the job. So thank you, Tanya. Nice. Good Yay. luck, Grogu computer. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone picks on me for having mm-hmm. lots of Grogu. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. And we continue to. Yeah, and, and we always will. Our friend Mark wanted to know with all the um, garden angels and statues that are in our uh, front flower bed, why isn't there a Grogu one? Mm. I said, those ones aren't mine. All those angel and little child ones were all nanes that she brought over when she um, sold her house. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I haven't been able to find a child one. But if you can find me a child one, I would be more than happy to put it in my uh, content. What is it? A, she, uh, she a, you know, a like child, those garden um, gnomes or those garden statues that. Oh, okay. So if you can find me a, 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 a Grogu one, I'm okay. more than happy to put it in my. Um, Grogu garden statue. I've already looked. <laughs> <laughs> I've already Amazoned it. I Amazon. I looked yesterday. So. I, I see. P, I hear clicking, clicking. So Dan must mm-hmm. be looking because Dan knows I already bought him a present. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny that we are we're looking into that at this time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did hear someone's mouse click. No, it may have been mine. I was also trying. It could have been all of us. They're all looking. <laughs> I've already tried I don't know. Amazon. I, 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 and, uh, yeah, but have you tried Etsy? No, I didn't try Etsy. We have a lot of stuff on Etsy. I don't know. I'm surfing Wormwood Gaming myself right now. There's a Baby Yoda statue drinking... I'm hearing that buzzing now, too. Yeah, the buzzing's getting... 3D-printed Star Wars Baby Yoda statue drinking drinking from the Mandalorian. Drinking. <laughs> Kits will require sanding, painting, assembly, and finishing. Oh, jeez. Some assembly required. Yeah, okay, so this is not, not a finished one. It's something you have to you have to finish yourself. But... I hear a lot of heavy breathing or scratching or something. Now, as not, Susan's not walking up the point. stairs... Ah... Oh. Uh... So I, I don't know. If... That didn't sound like walking up the stairs. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, just think. In a couple of weeks, we'll all be fully vaccinated, and within a couple of weeks after that, we'll all be able to like be in a studio together, or studio space at least, hanging. Then out. we'll have to figure out what kind of technical issues we can have if we're all together. Oh, lots. 
Oh, I'm sure we can figure. Well, what's going to happen is that, you know, I'm going to be like across the table from Tanya making all sorts of weird ass faces and whatnot to get her to crack up. So because I have a lot to I have a lot to make up for because it's been a long time since the four of us have all been together in the same place. And now the one thing I'm worried about with my new job being in the Wegmans distribution center, what's your no, son- the hours, you- I don't know what my schedule is yet in terms of days and mm-hmm. you know, we'll stuff. So, <coughs> excuse me. We will absolutely work around it. That won't be mm-hmm. an issue. I just know I have training on Monday the 19th and Tuesday the 20th. Orientation nice. and training. So now is the distribution center on Brooks Ave? Yep, that's the one. The one the, that the, the like big warehouse the airport, airport. Yep, okay. exactly. Okay. Anne said so, um her friend Amy's husband George works there. Oh good. I'll look for a George and say and do you know the uh J O R G E. Oh, okay. Oh Jorge. Gotcha. Yes. Or, you know, George. 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 Of the jungle. Strong as he can be. Georgia of the jungle. <laughs> oh, so Ann and I met for breakfast yesterday at uh, Cracker mm-hmm. Barrel. And then, mm-hmm. uh, so we walk into Cracker Barrel and we had to wait 40 minutes, whatever. It was a nice day. So I put my name in and then went and sat in the car. And then Ann showed up and we were just chatting to sit in the other. So we go in, we get seated, and then um, our waitress comes over. Her name is Ramona. And uh, we, she starts talking and we're like, is there a reason why we were put in this dark, dark corner? Because it's like, as soon as you walk into the restaurant, the, the actual restaurant part, there was like a long table and then a table against the wall by the kitchen. And that's where we were put. And like, it truly was like in the corner, shadowy. And we're like, did they know? Did they know that we're we possibly are troublemakers? So they were kind of hiding us. We're, we're, we don't know. So that we were making that joke. And so our waitress comes over, introduces herself, things like that, starts talking, and she must have seen my baby Yoda on my watch um, because I had a uh, my uh, Rogue and Gambit T-shirt on yesterday, and my purse, my backpack was on the chair, so you couldn't see that. So I'm just like, oh, I love your baby Yoda, um, and Anne immediately flips her arm out to show her her tattoo and she's like oh she's like wait i think i've seen you two before ah! <laughs> she's like she's like i remember the baby yodas she's like were you did, one of you two had a procedure or like we were the last time ann and i were at cracker barrel was in december uh-huh. right after i had my colonoscopy uh-huh. and she's like and i said yeah i go i it was me it was for my colonoscopy she goes and you guys sat over there and she pointed to the opposite side of the restaurant near the window. And that's exactly where we were sitting. And we just couldn't believe it she, that we had the same waitress. And so, um, mm-hmm. and it, we just had a really good day, a really good meal, things like that. And she was <clears throat> uh, talking about how she wants to raise chickens and blah, 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 blah. So Anne was talking to her about that and this and the other thing. Well, she said, well, this is, she's like, it's been a pleasure to serve you, blah, 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 blah. She's like, this is my last shift. Um, it's, I think it, she said it was her last shift ever. <clears throat> and we're like, really? She's oh, like, nice. yeah, she okay. was going to law school. She was oh, going to become cool. a lawyer. So it was just really cool how uh, she remembered those details from four months ago of where we were, what had happened, and that um, this, that, and the other thing. It was just really cool. And she was talking to us and things like that. So 
our meal came to $22. Actually decent for the amount of food that we had for breakfast. I was so. about to say, that's pretty cheap for two people. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, and yeah, I'm like, I had like the pancake breakfast. So it had the three pancakes, the two eggs, the bacon, and got um, the eggs with all the fixings. So she got grits and turkey sausage and we split the biscuits and gravy. There was like a ton of food on our table. We could, we definitely could eat it all. So mm-hmm. I pull out the cash for the the meal. And so then I pull out money out of my wallet to throw down for tip. So I threw her a 20 knowing that um, going to school and waitressing and things like that. And I'm like, well, she just the fact that she remembered us from four months ago. Right. Really, like it was impre- was really impressive and things like that. So I threw down a 20. So I'm like, okay, she gets a hundred percent tip from whatever. Well, <laughs> Anne reaches into her purse and pulls out another twenty and throws there it. There you down. go. So and then we get up and leave. So for our twenty-two dollar meal, the uh, our waitress got a forty dollar tip. So can't argue that one. And, and we just we're like, this is why we do it. It is be- just because of the the service and the remembering and just the interaction, just the, the customer service made it feel more normal and it just was a great overall experience in the morning. So, and then Ann and I showed up to home kids and then went shopping and I may or may not have bought something for Dan. <laughs> I can't, I cannot confirm nor deny that there was something in my cart that had his name on it. That had Mickey. Yeah. I saw the pictures. <laughs> yeah. He's like, why, why, why are you doing this? Because, because he can, because because we can, and and she's like, look at the Mickey mug. Too bad there wasn't one that has the name Dan on it. And I happened to turn to my right, and there was one that said Daniel. I'm like, oh, you mean this one? <laughs> so she's like, okay, we got to we got to get it. So we put that in her cart, and then she got some other things. We were going up front, and there were Minnie Mouse mugs, and she's like. Oh, so we were, and they were all upside down on the top shelf. So mm-hmm. we were picking them up, looking at them, blah, 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 blah. Don't I find one that says Jessica? <clears throat> and Jessica's a Mickey Mouse fan too. Because she's gone to Disney so many, so many times. Not as many times probably as you, Dan, but she likes Disney. So it's not possible. I mean, he's yeah. got time and experience on her, on his yeah. side. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a newbie compared to a lot of people who go to Disney. So. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's like, okay, I'll get something for my daughter. But. So I'm like, okay. I love how she says that so begrudgingly. Yeah, yeah, all right. Do something. (laughs) Oh, I'm just like, I just saw, uh, oh, a yard sign. (laughs) Yeah. No, because I saw it said Billy messaged whatever, and it was so quiet. And I'm like, oh, wait, something happened to Billy. So (laughs) uh, just because I'm talking. This is about as much talking that you're going to get out of me today, considering I don't know very much about the Favreau-Kennedy debate. So. Well, I think you'll be able to put your two cents in along the way. I'm not okay. really. And, and you're a good Googler. I yes. found, I've, I've been I'm reading. Already, yeah, I, I've Googled it and it's sitting up in front of me right now. Mm-hmm. This so. jarring segue brought to you by Tendi <laughs> <laughs> Did that help? Or, or do you want bit. to talk to everybody else? Well, that's fine. I, you know, we're, we're so, hey, you know, it's like Dan and I said, demented and sad, but social. Probably. I'm actually I'm going through my computer right here in the background because I think I'm just going to have to hose it down. I'm not sure, but I have a feeling that there's going to be some sort of factory reset happening today too while I'm doing everything else mm. because it's just it's ridiculous. 
it's there's so much thing there's so many things going wrong with the computer I haven't even had for a year yet. I was gonna say, and didn't you clean out a lot of it and get in? Uh, yep. And uninstall like a ton of programs. Anyway? A ton of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking. I'm thinking something happened in one of the updates. Because this, I think this happened right around an update somewhere along the line. Maybe you uh, just need to put World of Warcraft back on. <laughs> no. <laughs> you didn't. Because then it would be sitting problems. there mocking me. Because there's sixteen dollars a month. I just don't want to pay right now. Format C colon fixes everything. Yeah. It always does, doesn't it? I just got to think of I got I got a lot of materials I need to to save um, to make yeah. sure that I don't lose forevermore because there's some stuff that's actually on local on the machine, so I want to save that to protect it. Yeah, that's so, the hard part. Yeah, that's the fun part. So I'll work on that. And uh, and Juno's kind of starting to pace around, so I think this would be a good time to take a break, so I can okay. take her out real quick. All right. Um, but when we get back, the big conversation we want to have today is a little armchair quarterbacking about what's going on behind the scenes of the Star Wars universe. You know, there's, to be sure that a lot of the information I've gotten is from YouTube videos. So, you know, (laughs) suspect information at best. As a matter of fact, a couple of the guys who I regularly watch their channels, I'll always make sure to say, look, I'm getting this from secondhand sources. I'm getting this, you know, from hearsay. So you got to take everything I say with a grain of salt. Um, but here's what we've collected and here's what we know. And and there's a lot of politicking going on behind the scenes at the moment. And if it's to be believed, there's some interesting things happening. If it's not, there's still some interesting things we can talk about uh, as well, because there's so differences in product in the past few years. And so let's just talk a little bit about what's going on. Not so much Star Wars, the story itself, um, but but what might be happening behind the scenes. And we'll talk more about that when we get back from break. So as we've talked about on several occasions uh, over the years, Star Wars is is an interesting entity these days. It's it's become so ingrained in the global, not just not just nerd culture or national consciousness. It's a global entertainment thing, right? And and so in in my personal opinion, and I've espoused this on several occasions, um, it is not possible to make a perfect Star Wars movie, or it's very difficult to do it because you have so many people investing so many different emotions from so many different angles into this one property that no matter what you do to please this group of people over here, you're going to piss off the people over here. And, you know, or you're going to kind of make the people over here indifferent and the people over here are going to love it, or you're just going to cock it up completely and nobody's going to like it. Um, now, Favreau and Filoni with The Mandalorian, especially the tail end of the recently distributed season two of The Mandalorian, managed to pull it off where they actually were able to please pretty much everybody in one go, um, which doesn't happen. But it was very it was done subtle and it was done simply and it was done with a dose of fan service uh, and and but a healthy dose of respect to people who were still new to the franchise. And here we go. This conversation is going to be resplendent with spoilers. If you haven't figured it out already, you know, that, that new scent from the mighty monkey corporation. Spoilers. Spoilers. Um, So in the very last 
sequence of the very last episode, the series, the season finale of Mandalorian season two, Luke Skywalker in all of his CGI glory made an appearance. And just the simple appearance of this character doing what the character with people always wanted the character to be doing resonated throughout all of the fandom. And there wasn't, I don't think anybody that I've talked to that disliked that moment in its delivery and its, its um, creation or its, uh, its intent. So it, it, it's possible to do that. Now, this also set off a whole lot of behind the scenes things. And, and I've, I have read some, some articles from, from reputable news, uh, entertainment news reporters, but I've also been watching a lot of YouTube videos and I've been watching a lot of fan service and whatnot. And then there's guys out there who, um, you know, as I may have mentioned before, you know, they, they have regular channels. They do regular Star Wars and, and pop culture entertainment um, commentary. And quite often they will say, look, I've, I've got, you know, I've got people in the field. I've got sources. I am also going to say I can't confirm a lot of this stuff. So you got to take what I'm about to say with a grain of salt. Good. So they're they're being upfront about it. They're not like, hey, this is the truth of, of you know, that you need to believe in. Unlike some news sources that will be like, here's something we completely made up and we're going to pass off as news. Uh, and you're going to believe it whether you like it or not. That happens, right? But these guys have always been very forthright about, hey, take it with a grain of salt. But they are the message has also been very consistent that the success of The Mandalorian has set up a rift at Lucasfilm. And this rift has created two camps. You have Kathleen Kennedy, who had taken over the reins of Lucasfilm from George Lucas when Disney bought it out. She was behind the creation of the sequel trilogy, which has been much maligned, even though I enjoyed most of it myself. I'm not sure, you know, I mean, I see some of the weak spots in it. But if you sit back and look at all nine Star Wars movies, you can find plenty of weak spots across all of them, mm -hmm. I think. And I don't think they were meant to be Oscar-worthy, perfect movies. They were meant to be these serial adventures. This is what George Lucas always talked about. They were supposed to be uh, reminiscent of the serial adventures he used to watch as a kid. You know, the Buck Rogers and, you know, all the stuff you'd go to the movie theater and you'd see the 20-minute spot and move on, you know, come back next week, see it again, you know, or see something new. You know, mm -hmm. that was what he was trying to encapsulate. So these were never meant to be the saga of War and Peace, Chariots of Fire, you know, um, Citizen Kane, you know, it wasn't that level. It was meant to be good, solid fun. Um, and uh, people have kind of adopted it to be much more to them than that. So you have Kennedy, who is one one camp. And uh, hang on a second. We're getting, are, are we having some issues technically at the moment? I don't think so. Okay. Was I, Dan? I was, I Did Dan right go there. away? I don't know. Daniel? Daniel. Anyway, I'll continue on. Okay. All right. So moving on. Um, so you have the Kennedy camp that was behind the sequel movies that were very much maligned. People were very much against them. And, um, and the, the popular opinion is that, you know, I, and I've seen several where I'm like, Hey, I like this particular, I know it was garbage. You shouldn't like it. And so there's a lot of toxicity there as well. But now we flip the script and we go over to John Favreau and Dave Filoni who have been behind such things as, you know, the Clone Wars animated series, Rebels animated series, Mandalorian, and several of the new Disney Plus series that are going to be coming out, it's it's clear to people that they have produced the product that folks are more likely to enjoy. 
And so that's kind of shifted things. And so if all of these rumor mongering and all this behind the scenes, hey, I know a thing that you don't know uh, type stuff holds true, then what you're dealing with is, pardon the, 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 you know, the exaggeration of it all, but there's almost like a civil war going on at Lucasfilm to see what's going to happen. There's a lot of theory going on. And I don't know if you guys watched any of the videos or caught any of the articles that I was talking mm -hmm. about. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, there's this one fella in particular who goes by the name of Mike Zero, and uh, he's had a lot of very insightful things, and he says it with great confidence, right? So I think that's always kind of throws that's what throws me off guard is he says he says what he has quote unquote learned, and he says it with great. It, it, there's not a lot of 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 overdramatization of it. It's like here's here's what I've learned. This is this this is my analysis of it. Take it with a grain of salt. This is what I know. And and he's always very matter of fact of it. It's not like oh my god, the world is. He doesn't do that. You know, so that's what's like, oh, maybe there's something to it. And I've been kind of poking around and I talk to people and I talk to people and I read things. And but I just I wanted to, to kind of bring it up today. So that's that's the background. That's the foundation of of what I wanted to talk about today. And and I know that you guys are kind of fellow Star Wars fanatics. Huh. And so I just wanted to get your two cents in and what you thought. Like, do you, do you see for starters? Like, do you see the difference in the quality between the sequel movies and the Disney Plus series that have been coming out? Do you see that the, uh, the quality? The quality a little bit, but just more about the the vibe, I guess. Uh -huh. More about okay. Okay. Uh, you know, I I don't necessarily without knocking the movie trilogy or you know the sequel trilogy. Uh -huh. Um there's more of a sense of the fun in the TV shows, mm -hmm. you know, at least to me. So it's, it, to me, it's not a sense of quality. It's just a, a more of a sense of a different vibe, light, light, lightheartedness in the TV shows to me. Okay. For me, it's more the consistency of the storytelling. Yeah. I mean, all the movies that they're done, they're, they seem to be, you know, there's not a plan ahead of time. They just sort of, they're doing it. It seems and plus, you know, with everyone makes and I, different it, people doing different movies, you're getting different, you know, they're going their own directions. There's not. An yeah, there's the different directors for the movies and stuff or mm -hmm. writers have sort of led to varying qualities of product. Mm -hmm. I also think that the sequel series set it up for failure. It set itself up for failure by creating the goal line. Uh, that th this is this is the moment we want to get to at the end of the trilogy and then having to figure out how to get there and handle all of the subplots all of the fan service they wanted to put in and create the story uh, which which I think felt backwards to me um, they kind of like because they set the goal line too close to the starting point I think you know so I, I know the point I want to make, but I'm having a hard time focalizing it at the moment. Are you saying they padded the movies? Or? They, they, no, I think they chucked them too full. Like, for instance, oh, okay. Rise of Skywalker is a it's a roller coaster. It does not let up. There's no break. There's no chance to breathe. There's no throwaway scenes that flow and add a little nice little kind of a light moment or anything like that. It is bam, 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 bam. Have we caught you off guard yet? Bam. Are you on your heels yet? Bam. Okay, now it's ended. Boom. Done. Like we said, that could have been two movies. Really, mm -hmm. it could have been. Yeah. I mean, because what happens when you do that, and I've seen this in several franchises now, um, you know, and even Game of Thrones, for instance, on, on HBO, uh, Game of Thrones got to its last two seasons. And first of all, the seasons were truncated, so they weren't as, 
episodic count was lower. And then they tried to do all of this stuff in limited time. And so it really felt like a lot of things were thrown in there to try and just just kind of like gloss it. Okay, we're getting to an ending. You're going to need this piece of information. Here is a five second scene that's going to give you some of the ending. You know, so but they're it trying to tie it up in like a nice, neat little bow, and, and they're, they're yeah. still having raveled edges. Right, 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 and lots of loose threads hanging out all over the place that make you go, but, 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 but what, but what, but hang on. So, you know, like Dan said, the, the final movie could have been two easily, um, and I think, and, and and this is my personal opinion, and and I acknowledge ahead of time that there's going to be a certain level of closed-mindedness to it, and I apologize to people for that because I really do like being an open-minded give everybody fear chance and uh, equality is all i'm all in on that i mean there should be no barriers to anything in my opinion however with that being said i think there was a subtle political agenda now that i've been listening to a lot of these commentators and i've gone back and i've watched the sequel movies myself again just kind of looking at it there was a political agenda. There was a message that was trying to be forced and injected into Star Wars, which never needed to happen, I don't think. I think the original trilogy had its own commentary about society, and it had its social commentary, and it had its kind of way of looking at things and teaching people without shoving it down your throat. It was laced in. It was very subtle, but it was also easy to pick up. Where with the prequel trilogy, they were more like, well, we'll want to show you how he became Darth Vader. You know, so we're going to shove all of this stuff together to show you how this little kid, this cute little kid who you're going to love. We want to make, suddenly we want to make Darth Vader a sympathetic character. And, and, and so that happened. And now in the sequel trilogy, it's like, okay, we want to show you how uh, we think society should be today. And we're going to force it down and we're going to inject it into the story. And you're going to pick it up. And along the way, there was a lot of really uncomfortable moments, not uncomfortable because it was like embarrassing or something like that, but uncomfortable as in, is in like, it's, it almost feels like a piece of the puzzle was jammed in there and it didn't fit. It was like doing a jigsaw puzzle over at Tanya's house. And you had a piece from an entirely different puzzle and you were trying to shove it in there and make it fit and cram it in there. And, and there was some cutting going on and some super glue going in there and it didn't quite work. Um, am I alone in that thinking or do you guys, now that I'm talking about it, are you guys picking up that vibe at all? Well, it, I could tell there was a, a, more of a political bent in the sequel trilogy. They were trying to mirror current society and show, you know, the similarities, I suppose. Okay. But like, like you said, that was also in the original trilogy. It was just if you weren't looking for it, if you just wanted to have fun mm -hmm. that you could just take the movie that way too. If yeah. you wanted to look for a deeper meaning, yeah, it was there if you wanted, mm -hmm. if you're looking for it, but it wasn't something that just stuck out. Does that yeah. make sense? Or? It does. It does. And, 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 but, and, and Tanya, Dan, I mean, two cents in any, <laughs> any thoughts at all? Maybe. I, I, I don't, I'm like, I, I'm one that doesn't necessarily look for like any of the, the deeper meanings while I'm watching the movie. So mm -hmm. I'm like, I, I'm not going there to politicize or anything in regards to a movie. And 
So yeah, I see the difference between the the movies and the TV series, uh, but I can see like that same thing in regards to the movies and the TV series for the Marvel movies. Also, mm-hmm. there there's definitely uh, a difference in how the movies were and the TV series is. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like in, in is it Last Jedi where they had the casino with the rich people and uh, abused animals and that was all the that. middle one. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. No, yeah. Let, yes. Middle so, one. so I, I mean, that was just a uh, hammer over the head here. Sort of comparing modern day society to, or putting modern day society into the star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. To me, that was, you know, it felt I, after I, the story. Yeah. It felt like they had an agenda for the, that particular uh, subplot. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Whereas I, I'm wondering, my sort of takeaway, we're talking about the Kennedy versus Favreau Filoni and it reaching sort of like uh, fans voicing their opinions. Mm-hmm. Is this a case of similar to the fans saying, we want the Snyder cut. We need the Snyder cut and giving the fans what they want. When studios don't always have to do what the fans want, (laughs) you know, sometimes it's detrimental to always give the fans everything they think they want. Yeah. Well, you know, to that point, I, I, I would, I would agree with you that studios never really listened to the fans all that much. They listened to the box office. And that's why we have 23 Halloween movies and, and 15 Freddy movies. And, you know, they're going to like, they're going to dip back into that well over and over again. They didn't really care about the story. And they knew, they knew that you knew that they didn't care about the story, you know, but they were just going to go ahead and throw the same spaghetti at the wall and whatever stuck great. If it didn't, no biggie, you know, but sequels were never a thing until really like the eighties. And honestly, it, it, it's my personal opinion that star Wars was the leader in creating sequelism and eventually prequelism because you notice prequels did not exist really at all maybe there was like an abnormality here or there but prequels never existed until phantom menace came out and now suddenly everybody wants to know the backstory of of the heroes and the backstory of the characters and that's when you start seeing all of like you know here here are all these stupid movies but we're going to give you a prequel of that movie just so you can see the characters in action before this actually happened you know, and, and and so stuff like that happened. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say the funny thing is sequels didn't necessarily exist. There was back in the old days, like the Tarzan movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. They were just individual movies that didn't tie into each other. They well, were like just James a Bond. series of movies. Yeah. Like James Bond With, movies. Yep. Exactly. You didn't need right. everything to tie into one storyline or everything to sort of reference everything else almost like the batman tv show in a way you never knew uh like if the joker was in one episode no the next season they didn't reference no the time batman had to surf against the joker it was a completely different Mm -hmm. storyline yeah and they never referenced anything that ever happened previously on the show but now everybody else does you know, yeah. uh, you know, there's, there's always this constant, um, okay. So let me just recoalesce my thinking here then. Cause we were talking about the differences. Like we we've talking about how, um, 
you know, modern storytelling has the, the arc that holds the whole story together. We see that in Doctor Who. We see that in Star Trek Discovery. You know, Picard. You know, there's, uh, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, WandaVision. There's these these overall arcs that are holding the thing together. Uh, and it's a, it's a dramatic change from back in the days you were bringing up Billy, you know, these serials that star Wars was originally inspired by, uh, you know, George Lucas was inspired by Buck Rogers and, and uh, Lone Ranger and all that stuff where it was, here is the, the event of the week. And then next week we're going to have another event of the week. And this one might have a cliffhanger, Ooh, but it's going to be resolved in the first couple of minutes. And then we're going to go on with another separate event from the week. And, you know, it, like Star Trek, the original series, it was, here's the, the nice, neat packaged, you know, 42, 43 minute. Um, here's your, you know, your episode for the day and we're going to move on. And there's no reference to an episode before there's no flow. There's no overwhelming arc. Um, you know, so you have back in the day episodes now being replaced by chapters in a story. Um, and again, there was a point that I wanted to make and I can't remember what it was. So that was the vibe that Star Wars was originally meant to have. And and then in, in the prequel trilogy, suddenly there was a, like I was mentioning earlier in this conversation, there was a goal that had to be met. And then again, with the sequel conversation, uh, sequel trilogy, there was a goal that needed to be met. And I don't think that was the way the original trilogy was constructed. You know, so we have that. Mm -hmm. And and now now, <clears throat> now my question is mm -hmm. no, that, I mean, back in the old days, as we're discussing, there, there was a saying where everyone's or every comic book is someone's first comic book. Right. And does it make it more nowadays, the way they do things in movies, comic books, TV shows, does it make it harder for people to jump in? And is that detrimental to people's well, yeah, enjoyment yeah, of makes, things? That makes a really valid point because when you have these global franchises, yeah. Um, it, it makes it daunting for someone to jump in and right. find new fans. I mean, there's a lot of people who try to, to, to join the Marvel Universe now and find that they don't understand what's happening. You know, Infinity War and Endgame, you can put, put this one together. For a lot of people, Infinity War and Endgame was somebody's first exposure to the MCU. Mm -hmm. I mean, holy moly. I mean, talk about being dropped in the deep end with a concrete brick tied to your feet. Yeah, you they know? have to definitely go back and start watch twenty two movies, right? And yeah. I, and there's been people that have done that. I want to say yeah. my uh, co-worker, one of my coworkers, she had watched. I don't know which one. I don't know if it was Infinity War or Endgame or whatever. Now she's going back to start Civil War and Captain America and all those things. Mm -hmm. So it's just interesting. Um, how things work, but um, getting back to the uh, Kennedy, Favreau, Filoni thing. Thing, yeah. Um, you have to also um, put as of March 11th. I have that screen rant thing mm -hmm. up, and I think Billy has has looked at it. This is from uh -huh. March 11th, so this is we were talking mm -hmm. about that there was potentially 
um, rumors that Kennedy was, was going to be leaving or going to be fired or whatever. But mm-hmm. Disney confirmed as of the beginning of March that she's not going anywhere as the president of Lucasfilm. She okay. took the role on after the Lucasfilm was acquired by Disney, personally selected by George Lucas himself, and she's overseen the franchise's mm-hmm. resurgence over past 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 several years. Um, she's been a polarizing figure to the fan base, however, with some contingents blaming her for what is seen as a downward turn. Um, you, you have to look that um, the rumors that Kennedy would soon be ousted also put forward. Favreau and Filoni, the respective creators of The Mandalorian and Star Wars Clone Wars, as possible replacements of as Lucasfilm president. Both Favreau and Filoni's have made undeniably important contributions to the franchise, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're prime candidates for Kennedy's role. Mm-hmm. Where Favreau and Filoni are storytellers, a skill that's been put to excellent use as showrunners on their various Star Wars shows, Kennedy is a producer by trade. And her impressive track record in that role stretches back far before her time at Lucasfilm, including work on the major blockbusters like E.T. the Extraterrestrial, Jurassic Park, Back to the Future, and Sixth Sense. So we have to look that they're coming from two different backgrounds. Right. One's the and business, so, one's the story. Right. The so content. therefore, yeah, it the then the movies and the TV shows are going to be different based on your lens that you are creating them through. One's mm-hmm. creating them through a storyteller. One's creating them through a, um, a producer role. So mm-hmm. uh, Lucasfilm has certainly made some missteps in its recent Star Wars project, but overall the Disney era has been a renaissance for the franchise. Critical reviews for the entire sequel trilogy far exceeded those of the prequels, despite claims from some fans that the more recent films are inferior. Star Wars The Last Jedi, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker were polarizing upon release, but... Uh, Force Awakens and Rogue One were widely praised. Um, da, da, da. And the recent wave of Disney Plus content like The Mandalorian and The Clone Wars Season 7 has been arguably the strongest period for Star Wars since The Empire Strikes Back. And it's Kennedy who has overseen that. Right. So she's overseeing it, but it doesn't necessarily mean get rid of her. So right. she should be overseeing and then, it, but and the then, storytelling so the is where I see was lacking. I mean, the storytelling, the, the consistency of the story, the especially right. between the movies and everything. That's where I thought was it was lacking the storytelling. Mm-hmm. So she might be running right. the company well, but right, they need, and, they need someone who is consistently telling the the story throughout the the, the whole story arc. There, and that was also um, a critique of George Lucas. Like he had, he kind of had the story, but his writing sucked well that's the thing george lucas writing dialogue should never happen ever again you know that's (laughs) so i mean you have to go to find where people's strengths are and and kind of do it that way but Uh then also give people a chance and say okay i tried this this isn't cut out for me blah 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 blah. so can i ask who made the decision to put favreau and filoni in charge of the mandalorian and the other tv shows was that kathleen Kennedy. kennedy also so I, I guess I, in, in a way, I almost don't understand why she's having trouble finding people for the movie. Not finding, having trouble finding people for the movies, but finding the right people, mm-hmm. I guess. Well, the message, here's, here's what's caught my attention. And I've been watching this conversation from the armchair quarterback standpoint. And this is what got me going. And this is where, this is what fueled my my introduction at the beginning of this section. 
is if and again like i've all like all the commentators who i've drawn this information from a lot of what i'm saying is hearsay it's Mm -hmm. rumor so you got to take it with a grain of salt i am speaking based on what i have exposed myself to all right and so with that being said um kathleen kennedy uh as the story quote unquote story goes is she was given Filoni because Filoni was already working on Star Wars Clone Wars, uh, which was still a Lucasfilm non-Disney production when it was first started. It was one of the last holdovers from George Lucas owning Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. And and so she inherited Filoni um, and was encouraged to keep him going. And, you know, she kind of humored that. And that's why Clone Wars has been able to continue on. It's been, and it's been uh, constructed to be, but if you notice in the animated series version of it, Clone Wars, uh, it stopped after season five, season six, somewhere in that area. It just stopped dead, done. It was, it was, it was one of those shows that was canceled without a proper ending. And it was fan service again. Oh, fan service. Holy crap. That was where I wanted to go earlier. <laughs> and we circle back around. To and we, and I'm, I'm writing that down on a piece of paper so I can finish that thought. Cause this is what I need to start doing during podcasting is writing notes when my brain is working. All right. Um, so fan service kind of pushed things around and she saw the value in it or, you know, somebody saw the value in it and said, hey, let's let them off the chain and make a seven. So Clone Wars season seven came out. It helped tie Revenge of the Sith into the into that. It helped create and answer some continuity issues that had occurred, you know, over a couple of years of, of, of this, that and the other thing. So there was a lot going on there. And Filoni kind of cemented himself as a good, solid Star Wars storyteller. And people responded to that. And Favreau had been involved because he'd been helping out, he'd been helping out a lot with, with Clone Wars. He had made some contributions uh, behind the scenes to a lot of different um, Star Wars projects, but also he had his success because of MCU. Now MCU and Star Wars are in the same umbrella, the mouse house. Right. Disney is now holding it. They've got their cadre of people and they're going to mix and match. Kevin Feige, the grandmaster of the MCU, has been helping uh, them figure out some stuff to do with Star Wars and vice versa. Star Wars people are starting to help. Out. Hey, we can help you with MCU. We're seeing these the benefits. The pro, there's there's pros and cons to Disney being the entertainment juggernaut that it is. And that's a podcast in and of itself uh, down the road. But there is also pros to that, where you have these massively talented, massively successful people all working together to tell stories together. And that's that's the bottom line. And Dan's reference to it, we've all hinted at it. The storytelling is the big thing, right? And then you have the bean counters on board that want to make sure that telling the great story is going to make them a shit ton of money. You know, that's that, then that's the honest fact of it, right? Um, so what happened is that Kennedy kind of inherited Filoni and and then through just this whole sequence of events this is all the behind the scenes stuff that I'm taking with a grain of salt and I'm going to talk about that in a moment um you know when Filoni became successful and Mandalorian started setting the groundwork for things people started seeing the hints of the Star Wars they always wanted again as opposed to the sequel trilogy that you know, we've gone back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Did we like it? Well, yeah, there was a lot of it we liked. Was there things we didn't like? Yes, there are things we didn't like. Um, I think universally, the four of us, we all enjoyed the sequel series for the most part. 
yes, we saw all the flaws. We acknowledge that they were not perfect movies. There were issues. And some of them we've talked about already today. Um, but then you're, you're, you're now the camps. Well, I, I'm almost under the impression that the fans are what started most of this because you have a very toxic fan base in the diehard star Wars people and they're anti uh, sequel series, but pro TV series. And that's, so I think that's where a lot of this kind of spawned and people are digging and they're thinking and they're talking and they're, they're hypothesizing and they're theorizing and rumor mongering. And this is where this, this rift has, has transpired. But before, let me write that down. I'm going to write rift. Okay. Okay. And, and then <laughs> this is the things I have to do. My God, my, I'm, I'm 50. My brain is 97. Um, but I want to circle back around because fan service, that was the point I was trying to make minutes upon minutes ago. Um, fan service did not push the narrative. People would keep making more of the same or what they thought was more of the same um, because they thought it would make them money, but they really didn't give that tie together. But, recently within the past couple of years you see the beginning of the the paradigm shift i mean i'm going to bring up the sonic movie which in and of itself definitely not an oscar worthy movie right not the best movie it was fun i did spend a couple of bucks to watch it and i and i told people why i was going to do that because the studio released a trailer of the initial version of the animation and the fan base went what the hell is this? Sonic looks weird. And that became the topic of conversation for weeks that they have this story, but nobody was paying attention to the premise of the story. They weren't paying attention to the actors. They were only paying attention to how terrible the animation of the Sonic character looked. And what did that studio do? They turned around, they pulled the movie before it got released and they spent millions of dollars to redo the animation of that character because they knew that the fans were not going to respond well to it they bowed to fan pressure that's the point i wanted to make and and that i think for me i mean there might be other there might be other instances of it that were very much on a much more smaller scale okay but for me this was the first time i'd ever seen anything like it at that level where it was that public that dramatic that costly and it turned around and they released a new product and people were like yeah that's the character we were looking for great well done thank you for and a lot of people were like hey studio thank you for doing that and that's why i rented the movie instead of finding it online or anything like that i actually and i only watched maybe half of it because it was ridiculous but i wanted to at least support the decision making process that that studio made to listen to the fans and, and I think that was the beginning of something else. And it led into the Snyder Cut. The Snyder Cut would never... The Snyder Cut did not exist. It didn't exist. As much as people wanted it to, as much as people, you know, the rumor mongering said it did, right? We can all safely say that the Snyder Cut did not exist. Because Snyder even basically made it clear through his own actions that there was no such thing. As soon as they greenlit it, then the Snyder Cut came into fruition. Because Snyder was able to make it happen. Okay, cool. But the fans willed it into existence. And so we're going to start seeing more of that where the, the, the bean counters are going to be like, the fans really want this thing. 
we're going to allow that to influence our decision-making process. Is that a good I, thing I, or a bad thing? I think it's a, it's a double-edged sword. Honestly, I think it's going to be a double-edged sword because it's a good thing because, and Billy, I hear you, you want to jump in. So I, I'm, going to, yeah. I'm going to make no, that happen. Yeah. Don't finish what you're talking yeah. about. So, um, and, and, and seriously, I need Prevagen as a sponsor for the podcast. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. Um, I think what you're going to start seeing is, is, is I'm hopefully a balancing act where the studios start listening to the fans more and they start creating stories that the fans are asking for, but they don't go to the extreme where they're just creating fan service and it becomes this big messy, well, the fans wanted this, but it has no coherent story, right? That's that's the pendulum that I'm worried is now starting to swing where it used to be that the producers, that the, the, the producers were telling the storytellers, do this thing. And whoever will like it will like it, and whoever will hate it won't, you know, will will you know pay us money to see it anyway. And and so the pendulum is going to start swinging right now, and I don't want it to go all the way to fan service only. Oh, they want they want Luke Skywalker and his and his uh, clone twin brother uh, John, and now they're going to be you know creating the new Jedi Order, and they'll both turn to the dark, and, and then suddenly that movie is created, and it's a terrible movie. And you know this, this, this is this is this is where we are right now. I think. But Billy, what you what you want? I, a couple quick thoughts, and it, yeah. this one just occurred to me in terms of fan service. As a wrestling fan, mm-hmm. wrestling fans always think they know better than Vince McMahon or mm-hmm. whoever's running the organizations. So I, I, it's gotten to the point where actually sometimes they listen, but wrestling organizations will stick by their guns. And I was just thinking about that because WrestleMania is last night, tonight. So I've been watching mm-hmm. that. But uh, oh geez, now I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> I just lost See? my own. Tra- oh it's no, much I, physical I, I, pain involved I, in that. I, 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 <laughs> I, I figured it out actually. The the two movies we haven't talked about: Rogue One and Solo. Yeah. Now Rogue One was, I think, pretty critically acclaimed, and and also fans liked it, if I remember correctly. Yes, that's true. Uh, Rogue One did have a, a definite. So. Part. Solo, not so much. Although I think history is going to be kinder to Solo I agree. in the future, I like I, because it. I rewatched it recently and and um, I still I, I enjoyed it when I saw it at the theater, and I still liked it. And think people were overreacting negatively to 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 Solo. Now, mm-hmm. what happens to those one shot movies in this Kennedy versus Favreau Filoni world where? You know, you, you had this whole sort of planned series of movies that didn't have to do with the Skywalker trilogy, well, Nineology or whatever it is. Yeah. They, the they were their own stories. Did, are those still going to exist, <laughs> the Rogue Ones and Solos of the, the movie world? It depends on what day of the week it is, really. I mean, Ryan Johnson was given a trilogy. And apparently he's working on, no, he's not working on, oh, no, it was taken away from, no, he's got it back. No, wait a minute. He is working on it. No, he's written three of them already, but he's got a fourth one in mind. It's, it's Ron Howard just walked into the room. (laughs) Yeah. Ron Howard just walked into the room and now he's got a trilogy of his own. Wait, wait, what? (laughs) Here's, here's an interesting piece of, of, of trivia though. Let me just throw this out there. Ron Howard 
was a gateway drug for that particular family because he helped bring Solo to the to the screen, and mm-hmm. his daughter Bryce Dallas Howard uh, was a director of one of the episodes of Mandalorian. Actually, she's done wow. several episodes of Mandalorian. She is in the um, the Favreau Filoni writing camp. So, <laughs> and, and one other tie-in didn't George Lucas didn't George Lucas direct American Graffiti, Ron Howard's first movie? Yes. So tell me that isn't like, you know, there's a lineage there. There's an absolute lineage there. Yeah. So that's kind of neat that that kind of comes all around a circle here. Um, you know, and, and I think we, we took a quick break there inadvertently for a moment while I tried to recollect my thoughts. And we talked about the sources of a lot of this. And, and like I said, a lot of this is rumor. A lot of this is just hearsay and fan service and whatnot going on in the background. Um. You know, and it could be, you know, it can all start kind of becoming conspiracy theory, to be honest, right? Let's, let's just be honest. Uh, the, the two voices that I hear the most, or three, the three voices I hear the most talking about this rift between Kennedy and, and Filoni um, are, are Overlord DVD on YouTube, cha- the channel. This guy who dresses up as like a Buck Rogers villain from the 1960s and does voice changer. And he talks about all these pop culture things and, and all this rumor mongering that he hears. And my sources, my sources, my sources, but you have no idea who the guy is. And if he's if it's his source could be like, you know, some dude in his basement at his mom's house playing world of Warcraft for 20 hours a day. Um, you know, who knows absolutely nothing. They're just theory crafting. And the other guy who I'd mentioned earlier in my conversation, Mike zero, who could be just yeah. making crap up off the top of his head. The third source being we got this covered.com. And I have, I will go on record saying that we got this covered.com is probably one of the worst sources of pop culture information out there because they literally, I mean, you could just see it. I, if, if you read the articles on, we got this covered.com and then go anywhere else or watch the movies they reference, there's no possible way there's anything more than just fan fiction coming out of this particular office. So whoever's behind, and again, my personal opinion, share it or deny it if you so if you see fit. But I'm, in my opinion, these three guys can be just, you can wipe them out and, and come up with your own stuff and still be close to the truth. So I, you know, but it, it, it created enough of a conversation in my own head that I had to ask, do you guys see this? There's, here's the gist of my conversation. It's, it's not, do you agree with me? There's a problem here. It's, do you agree that there might be enough to talk about the fact that there might be something here? Or do you see issues between these two products that would lend you to wonder what's going on? You know, these, that's the conversation I want to have. This is, this is the, the nitty gritty kind of like investigation that I'd love to be able to do is just kind of figure out what really is going on. Are these people getting along famously and just putting on airs or they really do hate each other? You know, we can, we can talk about Gina Carano, you know, I mean, what, was it worth firing her over? I mean, yes, the things that she said and the behavior she was exhibiting was definitely the antithesis of being an open-minded member of society. Right. But was it worth, uh, firing her over, you know, and, and there's some people are saying, well, the Cara Dune character was so intrinsic and so needed. Really? Was it that intrinsic and that needed to the Mandalorian storyline? I mean, Star so Wars it, has millions it, of billions of planets. In terms of character recast, if she's intrinsic, I mean, yeah. Darren was the second most important character on Bewitched, and they found a new Darren. Thank you, thank you. I mean, Game of Thrones. 
you had several characters that were played by multiple people over the course of the eight seasons of Game of Thrones, and nobody raised nobody raised an eyebrow over it. All right, this guy is uh, is uh, is so and so. Well, now well, now he is. Well, okay, but what happened to this guy? It doesn't matter. Did the actor change? But the the character's the same. Oh, okay. Well, fine. And that's been happening in soap operas forever. I grew up where my mom and sister watched soap operas in the <laughs> afternoon, and every once in a while, the the part of Blake Rockwell is now be playing is will now be played by Stone Castaway. <laughs> <laughs> and you nailed such great, wonderful uh, soap opera names, too. Uh-huh. Uh, so recasting has always been a thing. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, if, if in terms of firing Gina Carano, you may agree with it, you may not agree with it, but workplaces have the right to get rid of people. You know, it's sure it's a free world, but yeah. it's a free world for the the people making the show too yeah. to do what they feel is best for their product. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, we don't have the true benefit of hindsight yet. This is, we're happening. This is all, we're in the middle of it right now, you know, maybe five, 10 years from now, we're going to be able to look back at this whole, you know, this whole thing with new information, with stuff that's actually been published by, you know, um, screen rant or comicbook.com who they have more reputable sports sources mm-hmm. um you know maybe like entertainment tonight will have done an expose and you know these guys are going to mm-hmm. definitely you know they're going to find things out you never know it might show up in the business column of the wall street journal saying hey look this was the business end of things in the disney corporation these were the bad decisions they made and here's things are going to be for the health of the company you know stuff like that may pop out and we may look at Kathleen Kennedy and John Favreau and Dave Filoni, they may not like each other. They may not hate each other. They just happen to work at the same place and yeah. deal with each other on a day-to-day basis. You know, there may not be bad blood. There may not, they may not be friends. They're right. just Co-workers. somewhere in between. They don't have to like each other. Yeah. <laughs> they just all want to make money. And, and we want you who are, at, are currently at home listening to this meandering conversation to uh, to tell us what you think. Tell us what you think about what might be going on or what you think should happen and, uh, you know, and what you would want to see, you know, and and how are, are things broken? And if so, how would you fix them? Stuff like that. These are the More Baby Yoda. I was just going to say that. That's how you can fix it. You can send baby Yoda pictures to Tanya at sc3roc.org. It's the baby Yoda variety hour. That's it. it. She shows up with the ghost of Bob Hope. (laughs) That's how you can fix it. More baby Yoda. (laughs) Tell me I'm wrong. I, I wouldn't dare. I just wouldn't dare. It's a cooking show. It's Grogulicious. (laughs) <laughs> Today we have a special guest. We're doing we're doing Louisiana style frog legs and on board with Grogu. Oh, there you go. Special guest chef Grogu. <laughs> Yay! Don't, have him, don't have him and Kermit the frog together. Yes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's, it's an entire episode of Grogu chasing Kermit around. <laughs> it's it's a new version of the Eyed Couple. Kermit can actually get Kermit. away be, unless no, no, no. unless Here Grogu uses the Force. Here we go. It's a remake of the original Muppet movie, <laughs> and the the old oh. guy who runs the the the, the chain restaurant the is chicken actually, restaurant. The chicken re- is actually going to be Grogu, and that's some <laughs> old guy in a Colonel Sanders knockoff. Ah, uh, that's, and that's it how we right can there. make sure that Star Wars is nice and happy. Yeah, the, 
All right. Uh, well, you know what? It's certainly going to be an adventure. That's the nice thing about watching this stuff from the cheap seats is that our decision-making process doesn't actually have any effect on what they do. So we get to watch their vision unfold regardless of what the hell we say, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we could be like, Dave Filoni and, and, and John Favreau should make an entire series about Bosk, the, the, the bounty hunter. And, and they won't do that, <laughs> but we'll enjoy what they do anyway. You know, that's the thing. <laughs> is, is there a movie on the horizon being planned? Because we know there's TV shows. But I know of no Is there anything going on in the movie world? I, at, at this, like we were saying earlier, that the Ryan Johnson was given a trilogy, right? But at the moment, apparently that trilogy is off. So at this stage, I don't know of any Star Wars movies, like big screen events, happening in the near future so all yeah. everything right now is disney plus series so yeah. your guess is as good as mine there of what's going to happen next i mean does it become the ultimate tv franchise the streaming franchise mm-hmm. at this point is is what i would want to know this is essentially what's going to happen so but we'll all find out yeah. together and, and we will talk about it you know we will armchair quarterback the hell out of anything we hear about you know, I did a whole Nerd World News when they when they had release day and, you know, back in December when they had their their shareholders meeting and they're like, OK, here's all the products that we're working on right now. And they were all streaming services, TV series, you know, so we'll see what happens. OK, and we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to have a question of the week. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dudes and dudettes, and all points in between. We love you guys. We hope you're doing well. Um, so, yeah, that was entertaining. <laughs> Painful in spots. Oh, but... man, I'm telling you. And that's that's the thing. When, when my brain locks down and, and loses its train of thought, it actually is physically painful. It is like I can feel this like I can feel this like dam in my head like the thoughts are behind it you can't have them <laughs> fuck so <laughs> there's a chance Dan will have this edited down to a nice tight eleven minutes <laughs> yes that'll be great yes absolutely if you weed out all of the meandering around we have about a thirteen minute podcast today this will be awesome that's funny so Daniel uh, yes it's time for the list. Okay, the list is ready. Okay. Um, number 301. 301. If your five-year-old self suddenly found themselves inhabiting your current body, what would your five-year-old self do first? <laughs> five-year-old. My five-year-old self was suddenly in my 50-year-old self. Yes. Okay. Your five-year-old self suddenly found themselves inhabiting your current body. What would your five-year-old self do first? Oh my god, I can't remember my five-year-old self. Break down and cry. <laughs> Just How did I get cry- so old? Well, no, no. Why does everything hurt? Why does my brain hurt? Why do my knees hurt? What is going? Why is the floor so far away? What's going on here, <laughs> mommy? <laughs> yeah, that's it's just pure shock. Just pure shock. I mean, you know, yes, I have I have cool Legos in my in my office right mm-hmm. now. So if my five year old self suddenly inhabited my fifty year old self right now, they'd be oh Legos to play with. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I was Wait, gonna, I, I, your, go ahead, Billy. 
No, I was going to say, I, I have a similar version where I'd look at my DVD collection and go, hey, I still like cartoons. <laughs> I'm cartoons. I'm good. <laughs> like, how do they work, though? I don't know what these are. <laughs> yeah. I, I see Looney Tunes. What do I do with these? I was five in 1975. Mm. Okay. What existed in 1975? Gas crisis? I don't know. I was uh, Regular gas cars? No Star regular. Wars? Um, I know we would rerun. say, "What's this?" Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think like the movie Big and things like mm-hmm. that, where you're suddenly inhabiting your, you know, their older, An self, older self. Type of thing. I'd, I'd walk to the nearest store and buy a gallon of chocolate pudding. <laughs> <laughs> but I have no cash, and I have no idea what the plastic cards in my wallet are for. As a matter of fact, at five years old, I didn't even own. I didn't even know what a wallet was. I don't think. Yeah, I probably just break down and cry in confusion, which is what I do. To be fair, it's what I do on a regular basis anyway. So it fits. <laughs> it really kind of works. It, there's a, there's a, you, are, you kind of are your five-year-old self. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes, I am. Just with more Legos and, and alcohol. So. <laughs> oh, boy. That's a hell of a question. Yeah, I'm like looking – I'm like – I would be astonished because there's Legos up on my desk right now where I'm sitting Mm -hmm. and there's like no like sense of like Barbie dolls or anything in Mm -hmm. here. It's like all odd stuff. And I think, yeah, I think I would be scared. Well, I have I have a poo, a poo flush a plush on my my desk, so that would fit in with a five year old. There you go. Just start um, making. I've got a lot of Grogu's. So a lot of toys, a lot of Legos and stuff, yeah. and a lot of medicines for all my cancers. I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I got like a little pharmacy on my desk because all they got like seven different drugs here. So Jesus. <laughs> and I yeah, think I we think would the... be a little concerned considering we wouldn't be able to read. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I was I was reading at five. Just not really well, but I would try reading Dan's uh, meds. Yeah, try, try reading pro <laughs> prochlorapyrazine. Methyl ethyl. He's I can't and he still can't I read, read it. I can't read it. I'm <laughs> you know, kind of thing. <laughs> oh, these things make noise. So you shake them up. Yeah, yeah. Shake the bottles. Shake. I think one thing one thing in all of our favors is that we all still like toys. Yeah, there you go. And have them around our house. <laughs> Basically, we would look. It's like, what is this yeah. this this TV screen that's curved, and what's what's yeah. this typewriter that whatever? Like, we would have like no clue. Mm-hmm. Giant TV on my wall. Woo-hoo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. How do you turn it on? Where's the dial? Yeah. <laughs> where's the knob? <laughs> yeah. Basically. Wait, where's the shag carpeting that you have to drag yourself through? <laughs> You get shocked and you touch something. Yes, mm-hmm. touch the TV. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I could go outside. There's a bike in the garage, so I'd be able to ride a bike. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. There's that. That's so five is a weird age, though. It is a weird because age. you can't do much. You're just sort of getting your feet under you. If we said our ten year old self, what would ten year old would. Yeah. I don't want to think about my ten year old self be being alone. in this body. Yeah. I think a lot of us would just be terrified and scared, and but yeah, happy that there was yeah. still toys around. <laughs> just start crying. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Uh, Why does everything hurt? <laughs> um, and I'm already past you. That's okay. Yes. We're all young at heart, right? Sure. Yes. Try. Yeah. 
All right. So, Dan, please, let's do a mercy killing. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm just going to go hit it. We hope you've enjoyed this week's best of yeah. FC3's monkey. That's it, right there. <laughs> so, um, hey, so, hey, Dan. Yeah, Chris. Hey, <laughs> Dan. Hey, Dan. <laughs> Yes, hit it. Because <laughs> this has been FC3's Monkey Business, a product of the Mighty Monkey Corporation, purveyors and producers of the Flower City Comic Con, coming at you September 25th and 26th of 2021 at the Total Sports Experience in Gates. Follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, follow us wherever we go, and we will lead you to where the entertainment is. You guys have a great week, have a safe week, and we will talk to you again next week. Dun dun. Dun dun. dun, dun.